Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I was asked to do a, a uh, clinic for the Harmony Equine Center, um, and when I got there, they, they told me that my that my topic for the day, I did two clinics for them in one day, and my topic was how to prepare your horse for the real world. And so, um, you know, I, th- there was a pretty good crowd there, and, and a lot of inexperienced riders or kind of newer newer people to horses, and, and so... Um, kind of the way the way I go about it with with getting these horses going is first of all we gotta we gotta get a good foundation on them. we gotta get some kind of a connection we gotta get them to where they're gentle we gotta get them to where the, they'll uh, trust us and and have faith that we're gonna take care of them and I, there's, that's why a lot of people that are new to horses don't get along real well at first because because they're trying to uh, establish a real, real, relationship with a horse. Uh, um, without really knowing how to do that, and and so if we're going to be a leader and and we're going to get these horses to trust us, we have to know what we're doing, and we have to be able to keep them out of trouble, and that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, but first, the very first thing we have to do is establish that foundation and establish that trust in in the horse, uh, and it goes both ways. We have to take care of them, and then they'll they'll kind of help take care of us. Um, and so, you know, I I had a guy, the guy. There was there was a lot of questions and and one of the one of the fellas asked me he said he says I I don't really have time he said I, how 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 much time do I have to spend on this horse to to get it to working for me and and he says because I work all day so I don't want to ride at night and then I don't like to ride in bad weather and then usually on weekends I'm I'm on my boat so uh, and I said and he says what do you recommend I said huh. Sell the horse and get a cat, because a cat doesn't care if you're there or not, right? So, you know, you, it takes a little bit of effort. We gotta, we gotta work at this, and and and, you know, you can't, you can't prepare a horse for the real world by by sitting in the house and letting him sit in the pasture, um, and you can't prepare a horse for the real world world by spending a year in the round pen with him. Um, you gotta get, you gotta get him out. And so the way I do it is every day I. I'd get those horses and I ask for a little bit more out of them. I expose them to just a little bit more of this life that they're going to lead and, uh, and ask them to handle it. And they've got to learn how to handle it because the real world is, is scary for a horse. There's a lot of things that, that bother them. And, and you can't prepare a horse for every little thing that's going to happen. But what you can do is you can establish a relationship with them where they look to you for help. And then when you get in those tight situations that are bound to happen, um, they will trust that you're going to take care of them and then and then it's my responsibility as a rider to to take care of them in that situation and not not do something dumb which is difficult um kevin talked a couple of weeks ago about well, it might have been a month ago about burying his horse in bijou creek well i did the same thing i had a little little mare i was riding for someone and this mare was deathly afraid of water when i got her so i spent a lot of time getting her get across some water and and uh Finally, went at, she was going really well and went out to help gather cattle in the Bijou Basin and uh, was trying to find a place to cross Bijou Creek. Creek equals creek for those of you guys that, that aren't from the North Country. Uh, and 
and I saw a place where a couple cow tracks had gone across, and I took off across there and buried her right to the saddle horn, and got her out. But after that, I couldn't I couldn't understand why she didn't trust me. I mean, what what? So all that work was for nothing. Although you know, I, I got it back eventually. But and she, you know, I did something dumb. I, so um, <clears throat> so preparing horses for the real world, establish a, a good solid foundation, uh, and and establish trust trust and faith with that horse and and so how do we how do we prepare ourselves for the real world as christians uh we uh when we're saved we're we're a new creation we are not of this world anymore we're we're uh, of a different kingdom and but we still have to live in this world right that 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 is full of sin and full of evil and full of things that that maybe we don't agree with but we have to live with it and so how do we prepare ourselves for that and it's the exact same way that we prepare our, our horses. We have to have a firm foundation, and that foundation has to be built on one thing, and that has to be built on Jesus Christ. Okay? It's the only way we can get it done. Um, I'm going to read out of First John 2, verse 16, 15, something. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So we, we have to be, be able to live in this world, but not become of this world. And just like keeping a horse out of trouble, that's difficult. Keeping ourselves out of trouble is difficult. Uh, but the only way we can do that is, is to get our firm foundation started on Jesus Christ, and then every day we've got to work on it, just like those horses. We've got to go out and we've got we to... Gotta, I was going to say expose ourselves, but that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> Let's not do that, okay? <laughs> um, before, before I get to the live one, I'm going to need some input on another a synonym to expose yourself. Okay? Uh, uh, let, let's push ourselves a little bit uh, and, and grow each day, and, and that's the only way you're going to get better. You can't, you can't improve your spirituality or, or your Christian journey or anything by sitting at home and, and, or staying in the round pen forever. We have to get out there and we have to work at it a little bit. Um, now, you know, Kevin's told me a couple stories about people that that uh, got, you know, got started in Christianity in their ministry or or in in didn't have the foundation that they needed, but but all of a sudden wanted to be pushed and and they they didn't feel like the teachings in this in this ministry were fast enough and they wanted to be pushed further, and so Kevin pushed them and guess what, they went away, never saw them again. So we have to we have to do it at a pace that we can that we can grow, but but not get overexposed. And when when you overexpose a horse, uh, means you've gone too far, and and that's when the wreck happens. And it's inevitable in horses. You're gonna you're gonna get in a situation where it's too much for them, and you just hope that the the relationship you have with them survives, you know, helps you survive that. And that's what we do in life. When when things get tough and we get overexposed, when when we're when we're in too deep, I can't talk today. Um, when we're in too deep, uh, that's when we rely, we rely on our relationship with Jesus, with God, um, and that depth and that faith that gets us through that. And uh, I experienced that a little bit yesterday. I, I entered a ranch horse contest, and I took two horses, and I showed a horse that never been shown before. And uh, <clears throat> he's not that young, but he's pretty green for his age. And in the warm-up pen, it was a disaster. I mean, that's... 
I couldn't get anything done with him. And this, this is a pretty nice horse that, that I ride a lot and do ranch work on and I've done a lot of things on him. But I got him in that arena with those other horses and I had no right lead. I mean, this horse is really good about his leads. Couldn't get a right lead. Couldn't get a stop. Couldn't get him to focus on anything. And I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. But, you know, someone's got to get the lowest score. So I figured I may as well. Uh, I honestly would have scratched him if, I, if it wasn't a team competition where my other teammates sort of were relying on me riding this thing. So uh, like, all right. So it was my turn to go in when we started. And, and uh, I think I was like the second guy to go in. And, and we had to go in one at a time and do a reining pattern and, and work a cow. And uh, like, okay, got to have faith in my preparation, faith in my foundation, faith in that, that I'm going to have a connection with this horse. And rode in there, and that horse was almost perfect. So uh, it all worked out. Um, but you, you know, one of the hardest things that I've had to do is is quit relying on myself and start relying on the relationship with 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 Christ that I have. <clears throat> and that's the only way we can do it. As that is through learning. We got to get in this book. Kevin spends all his time teaching us, and that's each day he's teaching us. He's pushing us to work on ourselves a little bit more so that we can grow. And at some point, we're gonna we're gonna be really prepared for this world and that's out there i'm gonna pray and then lord thank you so much for today and uh man it's awful dry and we're we're trying to be patient but but uh you know we're really praying for some moisture in this in this dry country and so much of us depend on so many of us depend upon the the rain that you provide lord and, and uh it couldn't come any soon any sooner than than uh immediately if, if we could do that um want to pray today for the ministry and the things we have coming up and open people's hearts to to creating a foundation built on you Jesus and, and and then pushing themselves each day a little bit to grow in their faith and grow in their in their Christianity and and uh, especially ask you to help us open our ears to Kevin today and and what he's teaching through you Jesus was a great teacher and 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 he's uh he's working in Kevin to, to help Kevin teach us so that we can grow in our faith and, and keep pushing ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everybody. My name's Kevin Weatherby. Uh, me and my family started this ministry uh, about seven years ago. Um, many of you were here. Uh, me and Carol were talking about it this morning. Her office used to sit right back there in the corner of the conference room, and we tried to stay away from the fairgrounds, tried to find somewhere else, but uh, God had different plans, and I walked in and told her what I wanted to do, and she said, let's do it, and we've been doing it every single Sunday for seven years. We've never missed a Sunday, nor, nor are we going to. We've had light crowds during snowstorms and rodeo weekends and stuff like that, but uh, we're going to be dauntless in our pursuit of, of what God has called us to do. Uh, this is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. I, I meant to, to read a quote that, that I saw somebody post the other day. And it, you know what? You're not surrounded by perfect people. We're all here because we want to grow. You know what? There, there's hypocrites in here. There's hypocrites talking right now uh, from the stage. I mean, I, I, none of us are perfect, but, but, the, but the goal is to follow the one that is. You know, and, and this is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints, man. If you're here so that everybody can see how good of a Christian you are, um, maybe you're here for the wrong reasons. But if you're here to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we can fulfill 
God's will for our lives. And what is God's will for our lives? It's really, really simple. He wants us to know him. He wants us to love him. Now, there's other things that he will have us do. But until we get that first part right, it'll, uh, nothing will ever uh, happen. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. Uh, the other, I think it was Tuesday, um, me and my son Griffin, who's 16, uh, TC, Jace Angus, Cade Bitterman, and Robert McLean. Uh, Robert's branding was yesterday, and we had some, some calves that still needed tagged. Now, if you don't know what I mean by tagging calves, the mama has a number in her ear on a little tag, and uh, Robert's method of, of tagging calves is to match the calf's tag to his mama's tag. It's not rocket science. Now, why is that important? Because you, when you pair up, when, when, you, when you try to, it's really important that the right baby goes with the right mama because, you know, a, a mama generally won't let another calf uh, nurse off of her or, or there, there can just be problems a calf can die it doesn't get the colostrum that it needs so it's very important especially when you're uh, moving cattle to different pastures that the right calf go with the right cow and the easiest way to do that is to go in there and find a pair or a match and go in there and rope the baby calf and uh, some of them are babies at this point right before the branding they were more like teenager calves and uh, they were a little bit more independent. You know, when, when they're newborns, man, they, they just kind of follow mama around. But, but when they get to be teenager calves, you know, just like our teenagers, they want to go off on their own and they don't want to be next to mama. So it, it was kind of a tough task uh, to get all of these uh, calves matched up. And so anyway, we tagged calves all afternoon. Luckily, there was, there was some uh, cloud cover that kind of came over. And I'm not going to say that it cooled it off, but it, it was better than the sun beating down on us. And we're headed back to the, uh, to the house, and we were all just, I, I think we had either done 30, uh, let's see, 36 or 46 by this time, because I couldn't, we, Robert couldn't remember uh, on our way back, he had two uh, steer tags left and two heifer calf tags left, and he couldn't remember if there was 25 in a package or 20, and he'd taken uh, a package of each. So we had either done like 36 or, or 46 calves, and as we're getting close to the gate to go through to get to his house, we come across two, well, there's like four pair there, but two calves that had not had tags. And we are all wore out. We've been doing this for about four or five hours. Our, our horses are played out. And, and me and TC and Jace and Griffin and everybody, we kind of looked at Robert and we said, well, do you want to tag these two? And he said, well, does anybody have a rope? <laughs> I love working for a boss like that. But before I tell you what happened then, I've got to tell you how it started. So we, we get down on, on Bijou Creek, and, and, and we find a big bunch of, of cattle, and we push them up out of the creek, and there's, there's several that, that don't have, quite a few that don't have uh, tags. And so we push them over to a fence line, and Robert says, take them up here to the corner. And so we, we, took, them, uh, we took them south along the deal, and, and Robert's version of a corner is a little different than mine. It was more like a bend in the, in the fence. It wasn't a corner. And, and he told us, he said, 
Well, two of you go in there and rope, and the rest of you hold herd. Well, there was only like five of us, so that meant three of us were going to try to hold herd, and by the time those two got something roped and Robert's out of the picture because he's marking tags and, and, and doing the tagging and Griffin's doing the flanking, it, it got to be kind of rough, but, but we got there to the corner, and, and I think Cade got in there and, and got the first one, and he pulled it out, and, and Griffin was like, I'll do the flanking today, Dad. I'm like, you're 16 years old. You just have at it. I'll just sit back here and hold them. And so anyway, he goes over there on Fiona, and he jumps off, and he runs over there, and, and he, he flanks it, and it, it's like it had spring-loaded ribs because every time it hit the ground, it'd doo-doo, right back up on it, and he'd chase it, and he'd doo-doo, and it'd pop right back up and everything. After the first one, he comes over there, and he's like, how many ways have we got to do? <laughs> About 40. His eyes, but you know what? That kid never gave in and never gave up and one of the things that I just marveled at is you know when you reach 24 you've got a different perspective on life okay when you get to be my age um you just think about stuff differently you know when you're when you're 16 you're young and you're fearless he didn't even pay any attention to these cows, and a few of them were snorty. And I was over there like a good dad going, oh my gosh, his mom's going to kill me when this cow just wipes him out. But he never, I mean, it's like she didn't even exist. And he'd just go over there and flank them, and they'd here come mama, and Griffin would just sit there. The Lord was protecting him. There is no doubt about it, because if it had been me or Ty, we'd have just been mopped across the pasture. So, uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have a dauntless. This is not part two of a series that I'm doing called the Dauntless series. Now, Dauntless is a word that was, was used a lot, like in the 1850s is kind of when it peaked. And it's one of those old words, and, and, and I think it's really cool. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines dauntless as being incapable of being intimidated or subdued. Last week, we talked about how to live a dauntless life, a life that is incapable of being intimidated or subdued. And this week, we're talking about our dauntless duty to God or the dauntless task that we've been set. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. It just means that what God has for us to do, it cannot be uh, intimidated. Nothing can keep us from doing this duty at all. But how do we accomplish this dauntless duty? The dauntless duty is to follow Jesus. I mean, th- that's it. That, you know, and, and I talked about it in the opening. You know, God's will for your life is to follow Christ. That is, is to follow Christ because it's only through Christ that we'll know God. He's our, he's our go-between. He's the conduit. He's the narrow trail, whatever you want to say. But our dauntless duty is to follow Jesus no matter the place, no matter the reason, no matter the season. Our job is to follow that narrow trail. And that narrow trail, man, you, you don't get to look at a map and say, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go here. Man, that trail is usually only marked out about 10 feet in front of you. You don't worry about what's at, at, at 
feet number 15 or 20 or 3 miles down the road. And isn't that what keeps us from following God a lot of times? Is we want to have our whole life mapped out. We want to know the good things that are going to happen and the bad things that are going to happen. And God said, look, if you knew the good things were happening, you'd do them for the wrong reasons. But more importantly, if you knew some of the tough trials that you'll go through, you'll never do it. So you just get from here to there. That's all you got to do. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That's how we're going to accomplish this dauntless duty, this duty of ours that is incapable of being intimidated or subdued. Nobody can stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And that, what he has called you to do, is to follow Christ. Now, there's going to be other things along the road. You know, there, there may be some times that we're following Jesus, and all of a sudden, just like the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, we're going to come across somebody that needs help. So we're, we're, we're going to help them. And, and then we're going to keep going down this path. And we, we may run into a situation where, where we need help and somebody else's path crosses ours and they help us, no matter what the deal is. But the trick is our dauntless duty is to follow God. And how do we do that? By the Lord's faithfulness. That's what it says in verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not do not think that that means that there will never be some hard times. There's never going to be some rope burns. There's never going to be some, some joyful times. He says, the Lord is faithful. He will give us strength. One of the number one reasons that why people quit following God is they depend upon their own strength. You know how much strength you have? About four hours worth, probably. I mean, you, you know, and maybe some of us that... Or that, that, that work really hard for a living, maybe we can do it for 8 or 12, maybe even 18. But your strength is going to run out. When people say, and, and I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of this in, in the not too, dear, near, not too long ago. It's rubbing off on me. It's, yeah, it's something up here, man. It's like some radon or something. Um, anyway, uh, forgot what I was saying. He will give us strength. Man, when you get tired, and I'm not talking about just being sleepy or anything. I'm talking about that soul-piercing tired. It's usually an indication that you've been working out of your own strength. Now, sometimes I think God makes us tired that way, so we'll just slow down for a second and refocus on what, what is important in your priorities. But people that, that usually quit is because they have been depending upon their own strength. Verse 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you. I mean, even Jesus, before, right before he's going to be arrested, man, he asked God, he said, you know, can you take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will, but yours. And what did God do? He sent an angel down there to strengthen Jesus for the trials to come. And God will do the same for you. You're not in this by yourself. Quit depending upon your own strength. Because if you're going to accomplish this dauntless duty, this, this task that cannot be intimidated or subdued, you will not be able to depend upon your own strength, only upon God's. He will protect us. That's what it says. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. He'll protect us from mad mama cows. He will protect us from prairie dog holes. And I roped one right out in the middle of a prairie dog hole, a prairie dog town at Full stupid butthead. I mean, just flying out across there. And I knew that the job needed to be done. And I just, man, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. 
despite the circumstances, you've got to put your life in somebody else's hands. Number one, God is faithful. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to give us the strength, and he's going to do the protecting. A lot of times, I think that we try so much to protect ourselves that, like Ty said, you know, we don't uh, uh, submit ourselves. Was that better than exposed? I've been thinking about that. You know, we don't turn ourselves over to God's protection like we do. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't use our heads. Let, let's not just jump out in front of a semi and, you know, expect an angel to, you know, stop the semi. We do have to use our own brains. But I'm talking about in normal life, we have to know that God is going to protect us, especially from the devil that tries to keep us from being who God made us to be. Who did he make us to be? He wants you to follow his son. There's nothing else more important than that. Everything else, that is the source of everything. If you've been feeling weak, if you've been feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders or something like that, man, it is time to believe in God, know that he's faithful, to know that he will strengthen us and to know that he will protect us and to know that even the devil himself, the greatest of all of the angels, will not be able to stop you because you are dauntless, incapable, of being intimidated or subdued. So we had them held up in the corner. And, uh, it, you know, it. I think, let's see, it was about like a, a rooftop. <laughs> it was, we had them held up in the bend of the fence. And um, anyway, by this time, you know, there, there's some other cows kind of following us, and these wanted to go over there, and we had some roped, and we, we were just kind of losing them all. And there, there was two in there that I knew of, and I, and I had my eye on this one calf, and, and, and Robert's numbering system can get as long as a phone number sometimes. And you've got about 0.9 seconds to read a tag and remember it while you're trying to rope a calf. And so I remember there was this black, bald-faced cow, and her number was 5 on top, 2308. And I kept my eye on her calf, and all of these cattle started kind of going everywhere, and I took my eyes off of her for just a second, and there was, the mamas were going down the fence, and there was two babies, and I was pretty sure that one of those babies was hers. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew it was, and I knew, and I was pretty sure I knew which one it was. So here I go, man. I go right in behind them, reach out, first loop. I catch this calf. And, and by this time, all the cattle are leaving. They're pie-yawn. There's nothing we can do about it. And so anyway, Robert comes up there, and he goes, what's the mama's number? And I said, I think it's five on top, 2308. He said, are you sure? I said, I'm like 75% sure. Now, here's the deal. What good is there to be 75% sure and tag a calf with the wrong mama? That means that when they pair these up, later on to split pastures, that if I was wrong, the wrong baby's going to go with the wrong mama because those cowboys are going to pair up according to the tag number. So Robert sat there a minute, and he kind of looked at me, and I'm pretty sure he was thinking, do I trust the preacher or not? He said, let him up. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I agreed because I, you know, I took my eye off of it for just a second, and there was two identical, just full black calves right there. I was still 75% sure, but the other calf had run off. I mean, the only thing left right now was, was mama was leaving and baby's bawling. And so we had to, Jace or TC came in and healed it and held it down. And we took the ropes off and uh, that calf went 
and squirted right through the fence. He didn't, I mean, not only did we not get him tagged, now he's in the wrong pasture. That calf ran down the fence line, and there's that white-faced, five on top, 2308, and she's bawling at him, and he's bawling at her. It was the right calf. But I was only 75% sure, not 100%. In 2 Thessalonians verse 3, verse 4, the very next one, it says, We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things that we command. See, we cannot have confidence in ourselves. Okay, and, and, and I know that seems a, l- a little bit odd, but I'm talking about we, we can have confidence in ourselves based upon what the Lord does, not on what we do. Once again, if you start just depending upon yourself, you're not going to be able to complete this dauntless task that we have set forth before us. We have to have confidence in the Lord because God is faithful. Because, you know, we have to have confidence that what God said happened, happened. And what God said will happen, will happen. The Bible is full of awesome promises of God. We've got to have confidence that God has, you know, one time I I said, is there anything that God cannot do? And the only thing I could think of, well, well, there is a few things, but for this instance, one of the things that I think that God is incapable of doing of somebody that can do anything in the world, he created everything, created everything known, blah, 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 is he can't go back on a promise. Because if he made a promise, he's going to keep it. He would have never made the promise if he was going to go back on it. So the one thing he can't do is go back on a promise. we got to be confident in the Lord and that he is faithful even when we aren't and be confident in his promises. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things that we command. You have to do what the boss says. If the boss says, man, you make sure you know what number goes on what calf. You, I want you to be 100% sure. Being 75% sure doesn't cut it. It just leads to more problems down the road. We have to do what the boss tells us to do, and we have to do it today. Too often, I think that, you know, we, we have a tendency to, to rest on our laurels, Right? I don't know what a laurel is, but I guess it's your butt. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, we rest on our laurels that, that, that well, you know, I, I went to church one time or that one time I, I told God that I'd give him my life. Man, we got to do that every single day, not just depend on what happened in the past. Well, you know, I, 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 I used to love my wife, you know. I, I, I've loved her for a long time. Man, you need to love her now. I used to love my husband and care about him and, and, and everything. Man, who, who cares what you did yesterday? What are you doing now? What are you doing today? We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things that we command. Once again, you, you, know, you, you can't just, just because you do it today, it doesn't mean that you're done. Whew, I read my Bible once, cover to cover, never have to do that again. Well, you know, maybe you don't have to read it cover to cover. I've never even done that, by the way. I have never read my Bible cover to cover. It wasn't meant, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. If, if that's what God's calling you to do, do it. But, I mean, that, that you don't get a check mark, you know, the weekly reader award. You know, you, you don't get that in heaven. I'd rather you know what the Bible says than to read it cover to cover and not have a clue, just for the sake of doing it. But we have to do what what God tells us to do every single day. And you have to continue to do that. It takes diligence. We have confidence in the Lord 
that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. And what, he, what they commanded is to follow Jesus, to depend upon Jesus, to keep your eyes on him. So we let, that, uh, we let that calf go, and he, sure enough, just paired right up with his mom, and then we kind of followed him around to an actual corner, and there was only two. We rode for like 15 or 20 minutes to take two calves, but hey, that, sometimes that's what you got to do. So we got those two cat, uh, tagged, and then we went back to the creek, and, and we kind of started near the beginning where we first started, and Robert said, just take anything without a tag. If you see an actual pair, you can leave it. Well, that worked pretty well in the beginning, but before too long, we were pushing, you know, 50 or 60 head, because there was some that were tagged that was in there. Well, the rest wanted to come, so by the time we got done, we probably had half of Robert's cows and only needed to tag like 30 or 40 and in this corner. And, you know, anytime you do this type of work, you cherry pick the easy ones in the beginning. I mean, you know, just the bam, 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 and you knock out a bunch of them. But as you get towards the end, they start getting harder and harder to match up. Because you got these independent calves. There was three or four that, that stood right out there in the open and just dared us. I mean, just it, that calf that you could ride right next to and he'd just look up at you because I guess he knew that his mama wasn't there and we didn't know his tag number, so there was nothing we could do about it. So you're, 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 you're walking your horse through, you know, 100 head, maybe 60 head. I don't know. I never did count them. But you're, you're waving your way through here. And, I mean, they're, they're kind of packed into a corner. And, and you're just searching for something. And it was there right towards the end. I rode in there. And sure enough, man, I saw this little baby calf. Uh, not a baby baby, but he was young. He wasn't one of these teenager calves. And he's sitting there nursing on his mama. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I got you. Well, see, what I didn't know is that Robert had a jackrabbit bull that had bred some of his cows. You ever tried to rope a jackrabbit cross? Because that's what this little dude was, man. I thought this was going to be one of those, you just kind of ride out there and he's going to look at you, the milk running down his face, smile at you, put a rope on him, drag him out. Uh-uh. He took one look at me and went, pie Just as fast as he could. And I'm trying not to stir everything up because, you know, you're just in a five-wire barbed wire fence corner you know so I'm like keeping my eye on him and I'm trying to you know kind of hurry without hurrying and keep my eye on him and he'd look over his shoulder and he'd duck in and out and so I'd, I'd nearly get close and I'd throw and a cat turn her head and you know hit her nose I probably missed five or six loops in a row we had a contest going on that Robert was going to give us a set of reins for whoever caught the most calves on the first shot well I blew that one out of the water with the very first try but I thought, you know what, there, there, it was so easy to get distracted because there was still a few calves in there that didn't have tags, and you could see them out of the corner of your eye, but they wasn't with their mamas. And it was so, so tempting to get distracted by something else that was standing there smiling at you, wanting to put his head in your loop that you didn't know his mama's number. But I just kept on and kept on. And, you know, usually you rotate in and out, but we had reached that point that it, it was slim pickings, right? And so I, I went in there, and I, I, I seriously, I bet I missed five or six loops. But I didn't even let another roper come in because what I had done is whenever I rode up and I saw that, that calf nursing, I wrote the cow's number on my hand because it was like one of those 10-digit phone number numbers, and I knew I'd never remember it. So I wrote it on my hand, and I followed that calf around, and I guarantee you it took me five minutes to get it roped, and we never got out of a walk. 
But it's so easy to get distracted. In verse 5, 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, Paul says, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. You see, once you've found the truth, once you are 100% sure and you have confidence in the Lord, you have to let the Lord direct your heart through the milling mass of distraction. And it is so easy to see that truth when we're sitting here in a service surrounded by our brothers and sisters, surrounded by great cowboys and great cowgirls. Man, it's easy to say, yeah, I found it. I know what I'm going to do. And then you walk out this door and get to Patty Ann's and you're like, squirrel. And you take your eye off of it and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, and it's gone. I know you've been there because I've been there too. You know, we get really encouraged and we hear the truth here because it's God's word and we see the truth. But as soon as we get out there into that milling mass of distraction with, with pretty little calves smiling up, wanting to put their head in your loop, it's easy to get distracted. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. You know, there was probably five or six other calves that I had an easier shot on that time. But it's not, it's not how much you can do in God's eyes. It's how well you can do that one thing that he told you to do. Now, sure, there's going to be other calves. There always is. Our, our, our job will never be done until we get all the way to the narrow gate that leads, that the narrow trail leads to, and we get to go through that gate when, when God looks at you and says, what are you waiting on? Get on in here, son. Good job. Good job. We'll never be done. But it's not how much you can do. It's how well you can do what the boss told you to. You have to lock on to this dauntless duty and never give up, no matter how long it takes you. It may take you five loops. It might take you 500 loops. God doesn't care about the mistakes. He cares about the perseverance. He knows you're not perfect. But as we continue to do this, we get better and better. We're sitting there, quarter of a mile from the house. And there's two calves that's not tagged. By this time, uh, Griffin wanted to ride Butthead, so I switched with him. And so whenever I was on Butthead, I was tied hard and fast because that's the last thing. I have enough trouble roping to worry about dallying out in the pasture. And then if you get, you know, you rope a calf and you don't get your dally, now you've got a rope dragging in a calf and a jackrabbit calf. And he's way out. It just causes problems. So whenever we were in the corner, I was tied hard and fast. Well, now I'm on Fiona, and I'm not tied hard and fast on Fiona. So we're sitting there, and Robert says, who's got a rope? I look down, and I happen to have one. Well, I'm not that good of a calf roper, and I'm not going to lie to you. The first thought that came to mind was, I don't even know why I'm going to pull this thing down. Maybe Jace or TC will catch it, and I can come in and heal it or something. But I, I'm just not that good of a calf roper. I guarantee you I had missed 30 loops that day. My arm was wore out. We've been doing it for five, five hours steady it's hot we're thirsty we were all drinking out of the same canteen you ever met jace he's not here so i mean <laughs> griffin rode up to him he goes i've never been this thirsty in my life and his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth Ugh. Ugh. i was like i know we're all thirsty and so anyway i took down my rope and we were right there on the edge of the creek i mean there's just trees everywhere there's hills there's ravines that go down there's washes and everything, and I thought, I'm never going to be able to do this. But I'm walking right behind this calf, and he's not very far from me. And that calf kind of starts going up the hill, and he's really not paying attention to me. So I built my loop, 
And I gigged Fiona, and she flew up the side of that hill. And right as we topped, that calf hadn't really seen us yet. I closed that gap right as he went over the top, and I was right there on him. Whew, first try. Caught it, and I was like, oh, crap. And so I just, I just started doing like this, hoping it was going to catch on something. And I caught him. And we went out there, and Jace comes in and picked up two hind feet like we'd been doing it professionally for all of our lives. And I'm serious. I'm not kidding you. I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So we got that one tagged, and there's still one more. And this one is one of those half jackrabbit, jackrabbit hybrid. So TC takes after him on his, on his yellow horse, and that, that poor yellow horse was worn smooth out and just didn't. He, he only had four gears, and he needed five and a half. He was staying right with him, but he just couldn't close the gap. But TC and Griffin, they brought him back around towards me and Jason Robert. And I was like, okay. Well, when they started heading them back, kind of slowed up a little bit. And TC goes up there to rope, and that mama would move right in front of his horse where he didn't have a shot on that calf. And TC's yelling at the cow, move, move, move. And so, anyway, he scooted to the other side, and that mama slowed down and got on this side. And they did that like two or three times, and finally they got, and got close to us. I'm just sitting there waiting on him to wear him out, because I, you know, I'm not going to be able to catch him in all of this, or her, as a little heifer calf. And so, anyway, they come thundering up beside us. Well, TC's on the left, so he's kind of hazing the mama. The mama's paying attention to him. The calf is paying attention to the mom. And I rode up there right behind them, and it landed. I was like, ah! So I started going like this, just hoping it would catch. And I caught with about this much tail left over. And I turned him around. And there was, I caught him in this big pear patch, this cactus, you know, those little cactus that grow out on the bijou about this big. And, you know, Fiona's like, Ugh, I don't blame her. So we didn't want to flank him in that. So I kind of pulled him out into an open area. And Jace come in. First loop. Boom. You know, I have never in my life roped two calves out in the pasture, not in a corner. I have never roped two calves in the pasture in a row without missing in my entire life. It was the very, very first time. How do you accomplish this dauntless duty set before us? How do you do something that's never been done, at least in your life, by having confidence in the Lord, by doing things the way the boss says to do them, not just tomorrow, but today? By letting the Lord direct our path through the confusion and distractions of the world and by never, ever, ever giving up. And during this, all of this roping, there were some unsung heroes. The people like Griffin holding herd and flanking. The people like Robert doing all the tagging. The people like Jace and TC and Cade holding herd while I roped and vice versa. Look around. These are the people that are holding herd for you. They're called the church. And when we all want you, we all want you to succeed. We'll hold herd, we'll come in and heal for you, and we'll encourage you, even if it takes you 20 loops to get the job done. Now, the question is, which one of you have a rope? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, you are faithful even when we are not. It is your strength and protection that we need. Help us to follow you no matter what. Let us surrender ourselves to you and become dauntless in our lives and our duty. This can only happen through faith in what your son did, not in what we can do. Let that cowboy or cowgirl listening now finally hand you the reins of their life. And be
be the first to take down their rope. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.